You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Ladies and gents, all things covered. Fans, listeners, and viewers, once again, man, you know how we do it. We back. Another jam-packed show for you guys. Me, B-Mac, myself, along with my guy, Pat P. But for you guys that are checking us out on YouTube, you see we have another individual joining Mm -hmm. us. This is all DBs right now. Pat P and this individual, oh, by the way, his name is Terrell Buckley. They have something in common. They both won the Jim Thorpe Award. Going to the most dominating defensive back in college football, Terrell Buckley, T-Buck, as we all know him, Jim Thorpe Thorpe Award winner at Florida State, 14-year NFL pro. Man, this man had 50, 50 50 books, 50 interceptions. People don't talk about T-Buck's professional career enough. You don't just get 50 interceptions. No. You don't just just get 50 interceptions. It it don't just happen just like that. 50? But you know what? We we, we going to tap into that. Not only did he get 50 interceptions, man, it was a top five pick. Just like Pat P. Pat P, you went five mm-hmm. too, right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Man, man, former college assistant. <laughs> I mean, he's helped mentor a lot of some of, the, some of the great DBs you guys watch now on Sundays in the NFL. But most recently, he's now, he's no, he is, he was named a new head coach in the new league, the XFL for the Orlando franchise. We will tap into that. But T-Buck, man, thank you for joining us. How you doing? How you feeling? Hey, man, thanks for that introduction, man. I'm, I'm feeling great being on here with you guys. Uh, this is, to me, what it's all about. All things covered, baby. Like you said, defensive backs doing their job, and it's getting tougher, especially in the NFL, every year. <laughs> every year. They want to see points. They pay they- to see points, so they pay to make defensive backs' job hard. That's what it is. Hard. Well, you're going after a different audience, too. So, they, like you said, they want to see that scoreboard light up. And with my new thing, my new gig now, I'm on that side, too. I want to see that scoreboard light up, too. <laughs> <laughs> no question, no question. Let's let's take it back in time, man, when you first got to Florida State. Let's go back to 1991, right? We did our research, and we followed some of the quotes that you gave uh, some of the local media there in Tallahassee. So, back mm-hmm. in 1991, you said, Deion Sanders was your hero, but tell yes. us what was it like following his footsteps at Florida State? Well, you want to be the best. Uh, you see somebody that is the best. It's a challenge. Yeah. And it was very, very exciting. You got to go back to 89, uh, the Sugar Bowl, you know, the interception they keep showing with Deion. Against Auburn. I, against Auburn. Yep. I'm from I'm from Pascagoula, Mississippi. I drove I drive over from high school. I drive over to the game, and I'm sitting up there, and I see this pick, and I get to go hang out in the locker room uh, afterwards, and that's the first time I met uh, Dion, and it was it was exciting because you you see all this on TV, 
Mm. That's when it was on a few games on ESPN. Uh, I just watched Florida, Florida State play, and it was like, wow, man, what is what is going on? And Dion electrified and, and all that stuff. So it was a, a, a great time for me to see somebody that played the same position I played and I felt like was just exciting like I was. Mm. And now to get a chance to meet him and, and do all that, you know how it is. You see somebody on TV all the time, and then all of a sudden you get to see him in person, and you're just like, wow, this yeah. is this is pretty special. Yeah, and obviously you end up deciding to go over to Florida State um, to, to carry on your college career. What are some of your favorite Bobby Bowden stories from recruiting, practice, or game? Well, mine, it, a lot of it was other folks. I was really a quiet guy. And so whatever the rules, they had rules, right? And Coach Bowden was like, if you're going to do this in practice, if you're going to dress this way, if you're going to be this exciting, uh, if you're going to do it in a game, you better do it in practice, mm -hmm. which is one of the favorite quotes. And then one, another thing, and I, I use this now, when he got mad at you, he would say, dog it, that it." He would mix those things up. So I use those phrases. Uh, and then just the nicknames that he gave the other guys. But I think the memories for me with Coach Bowden, just besides the, the phrases and everything, was his honesty, mm -hmm. and his door was always open. And if we went into his room and complained, uh, his office, and complained about Coach Andrews, uh, Coach Amada, anybody, mm -hmm. he would get on to him, and we really liked that. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Coach Bobby Bowden, the late great, Yes. The thing that me and you have in common, the same coach that coached you, coached me. Yes. Vicky Andrews. Vicky Andrews. Now, what people might not know about Terrell Buckley, I gotta I gotta drop some knowledge and drop some stats. Pat P, in three years, this man had 21 picks. <laughs> in three years, bro. 20, 21 picks. So you gotta feel like at what point did they stop throwing his way? Because clearly by the your third year, your junior year, you was already a made man. But with that being said, tell us about the back and forths with Coach Mickey Andrews. What Do you have any found memories about Mickey Andrews? Because Coach Andrews used to let it go. You know, <laughs> you couldn't give up a slant route. You couldn't give up an out route. You got beat deep. You're coming out the game. But, you know, <laughs> hey, do you have any stories you can share with us with Coach Andrews? Well, I can tell you one. I tell you my first, the first week, um, Back back when we came in, we had a three-day minicamp before the vets came in. And so I am out there. I mean, I'm getting picks left and right. I'm jumping. Because I knew, I at that time, I knew ball. I knew splits, even at 17, 18. Mm -hmm. I had a great coach in high school. So the quarterback, I mean, throw this out. I know I'm just jumping. And Coach Andrews has these sunflower seeds. He's, he's just spitting all over the plate. Pip, pip, pip. You little, you you know, yeah. using some other. I can't say everything he's saying. <laughs> you wait till them vets get here, and they're gonna tell you if they're gonna straighten you out. Cause I was talking trash. Uh -huh. I had my towel on. My nickname in high school was the general, so I'm out there like the general. And we had a receiver, Kevin Knox, mm -hmm. that he Knox. called himself the future. <laughs> and so we would go back and forth. And Coach Andrews just going off. And finally, I told Coach, the coach, you know what them vets going to get when they get here? The same thing. <laughs> 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 the 
boy, he went. So that's just one of them. And it was, you know, I probably quit five times before uh, my <laughs> year, but I never left the field. Yeah. And and matter of fact, Coach Andrews and I had uh, lunch about three weeks ago. We was talking about that. And he was telling me he had, if when he, he knew guys was going to quit, try to leave the field. And he had the trainer or somebody else that would stop us. It's probably 50 of us that probably quit but mm. never made it out off the field because he knew how tough he was. And he, that was the way that he felt like he can get the best out of us. Mm. But at the end of the day, when that when he stepped outside of that field, he put his arms around us. You different felt man. Like, Different, different, different man. man. I told him he was possessed. No <laughs> the same man we saw off the football field, man, you you would you would you would have thought this was a whole new person, Pat P. Because on that football field, oh my goodness. But if you can make if you can make it through his coaching, you can make it through life. You can make it through life. And 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 the other thing we had outlet, I don't know if you use this B Mac, but I figured out early on when he really got under my skin. I told his wife, mm. I went to, mm -hmm. yes, I went to Miss Diane. Miss Diane. He would yeah. apologize, man. She rested the great, great lady, man. And, and that was one of, that was one of my mechanisms too. Yeah. Besides just doing what he said. He, he, he really was simple. No M.E.s. No M.E.s. Uh, no lows. Yep. No lows. Go to class and give a hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's it. That's it. No and sense. I tried to follow that, and everybody like, oh, he your favorite. I said, I don't, I don't, I do. I hustle. Uh, besides that, I make plays. You make I mean, well, hey, you know. T. Buck, Pat P. T. Buck had four interceptions returned for touchdowns and three punt returns for touchdowns as well in college. Oh. <laughs> Man, just talk about Pat P. Yeah. Twenty-one and picks, one of them, twenty-one one picks, four touchdowns. That hurt me the most. That was called back. I still remember this Memphis. My freshman year, they throw fade on me. Jam the guy, turn, find the ball, jump up. You know, they come out the moss and all the jump over. I got him pinned. Uh, and I step, I didn't step out the back of the end zone. Step, turn, 85 yards other way. They took took that away from me. Damn. I'm still, that's how I stepped out. I got the pick, but I didn't get the return yard. It was the return yard. To my record. That's yeah. what I wanted. Hey, but, yeah. man, ain't nobody breaking that record, man. 21 picks yeah. in three years and, and, and four that's picks, tough. pick sixes. Yeah, that's tough. If you man, if you came out now, T-Buck, you'd probably be top three pick in a draft. Oh, yeah. Hey, you, what what you ran in 40? What was the 40? Your 40 time? I, I, it was something like uh, grass, four three, four two on turf, something like that. I don't know. You know <laughs> yeah. Something bad. Something like that. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I, hey, listen. I hey. ran. I gave it to him on the turf. And so here go the coach. I'll like, oh, you ain't that fan. Let's go to the grass and do that. Okay. <laughs> Look it up, jogged over there on, on, on the grass and gave it to him on the grass. Whatever yeah. you want, however you want it. Hey, it's hey, no matter to me. Hey, T-Buck, I got a question, man. So you, you talked about being a general in, 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 in practice at Florida State. Where did the T-Buck trash talk philosophy come from? Did it come from watching Dion or does it did it come from, you know, your childhood, like where did that trash talking philosophy come from? Well, I be honest with you, I think Dion is similar. I think I'm similar to Dion, where actually on the field, I don't I really didn't talk. Uh -huh. But my movement and, and, and the gestures and all that, seeing the way my whole thing was 
I'm going to make plays. I'm going to play hard. And you're going to respect me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ain't got to give it to me. Oh, I'm, I'm going to take it if I have to. And if you came and, and talked to me, I was prepared to talk back. But I, I really didn't do a whole lot of talk. It was all just my body movement. My, my thing, I'm going to make plays. I'm not out here just to cover. I'm out here to give it to you, however way you want. Right. And speaking not only just covering, you was you was you finished seventh in the '91 Heisman voting. Yes. Yes. Do you think we'll see another defensive player win that, although you didn't win it that year. But do you think we'll see another defender win the Heisman? It's going to be very very hard because it's so offensive driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take this. Gentleman uh, from Alabama right now is in high uh, college. Uh, the, the DN. Well, I mean, he got to have he got to have like twenty two sacks, and yeah. and uh, it almost has to start your freshman year if you're a defensive player, like like Charles Woodson. It started early, and the hype kept building, and then he had them great games uh, when it was on TV. Right. Uh, there is a possibility that I think a defensive player like uh, Travis Hunter that's at Jackson State uh, that can return punts, that can do with play receiver, mm-hmm. and do I think if I would have played receiver a little bit too, that would have helped my chances in the high. Yeah, so, no question. I think you got to be able to do both things, like Charles. Wilson. Yes, you got to yes. be able to impact the game in many different ways and playing off. Still mad at them for helping. not not letting me get over there on the offense and do some things, man. man. You know? Oh, you want to play? You want to play offense at Florida State? I, I, I played high school. I was ready. They, I used to go to tailback, and then they would split me out in the slot, and I'd run a seam or corner route and just do, you know, do what I do. <laughs> always open, huh? Always, always. Hey, 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 people on me, I'm still open. <laughs> hey, T-Buck, in our past uh, episodes, we've had uh, another no great on Leroy Butler. You know, mm-hmm. you played with in the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we talked to him a lot about his Florida State career and, of course, with the Packers. And, of course, you know, he just got into the inducted in the Hall of Fame. Yes. But, of course, we you know, we talked the Lambeau Leap, right? Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. you're familiar with the Lambeau Leap. Yes. Question yes. for you. Two-part question, right? Who really created the Lambeau Leap and what type of credit do you take? Well, if you go back to 1991. Yep. Your rookie Florida year, State, right? Michigan. Oh, that's Michigan, State, Michigan, yeah, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. This is when that, that out route, that out route. I'm gonna let you talk. I don't want to, Pat. I know what he's talking about. I watched this play a thousand times. But go ahead and T-boy, you talk. So one of the things that you were taught at Florida State when you first get there is how to read the three step. So, and it's very easy when you're on the quarterback. The, the quarterback is on the center. Irvin's go back three step read. Try to hit it out there. Hits the Desmond. Read the quarterback. Go to go to the receiver. Drive it. Find the ball. Bam. Down the sideline, shoulder line, whoever chasing me the ball, like, you really chasing me? Go jump in the stands. And I had the Green Bay Packers gloves on. Yeah, if you don't even realize that. I had wait a Bay minute, Packers. wait a minute. When you made that pick, Florida State, Michigan, you had Green Bay Packers gloves on? Whoa, whoa, Green Bay Packers gloves the whole year. Leroy, I had Leroy gloves. Leroy, I played behind Leroy my freshman year now. Yeah. And so we wow, developed I didn't know that. Yes, we developed a very good relationship. So it was Leroy and Dawson. So I jump in the stands. I do all that. I like the excitement. So I come in my freshman year, I mean my rookie year, first game, my holdout. I get there. I'm there seven days in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Get a punt. 
run it back in Cincinnati. Obviously, I'm, I'm going to thank the Lord. I was on a cruise for two weeks before that. So I mm-hmm. score, I'm thanking the Lord, and I'm getting ready to go jump in the stands. Uh-huh. But as I was approaching, I prayed, and I'm getting ready to go. All my teammates swarmed me, uh-huh. knocked me into, I couldn't jump, knocked me into the front of <clears throat> So I didn't get a chance to do it. Leroy late on in the season, playing the Oakland Raiders. Uh, great Reggie White, late Reggie White, scoops up a sack, scoop the ball up. He's running the score. They tackle him. Leroy coming behind him. He tosses it to Leroy. He runs down the sideline. Bam! Jumps in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Now it's this the it's league 36. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I told me to have it, man. That that I'm 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 very very proud. I'm I'm obviously one of the biggest supporters on him. I think he should have been in the Hall of Fame years ago. Yeah, I'm um, in his corner. He take that thing and run with it, man. So we know it won't go anywhere. So mm. I'm that him jumping in there. I feel like just like I was because of our relationship. That's dope. I didn't know. I didn't know you had on Green Bay Packers gloves though in that Michigan. Yes. Pat, yeah. Yeah. Pat P, you got to watch that out route. It's on YouTube. Hey, so T-Buck, did you play uh, under uh, Ed Donatel? No. Okay, you just missed him then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was with uh, Mike Hogram, the new staff. Oh. Mike Hogram, Ray Rhodes, uh, uh, John Gruden, uh, uh, Kansas City head coach, uh, uh, Reed. Uh, we had some guys. All those guys you see now that's doing, that was that was all staff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dick Jerron was a DB coach. Okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah. Well, you had an opportunity. You had an opportunity to play against some great quarterbacks. No question. Yes. And receivers. Yeah, and receivers. You, know, you played with – you had an opportunity to play with Brett Favre, Marino. Um, but, you, uh, but what were your thoughts when Drew Bledsoe went down and Tom Brady entered the game – in 2001 when you on the Pats. You know, it was one of those, one, if you have to go back to training camp, and one of the things on Drew was he held the ball, right? And one of the things that Tom did was he had got rid of it. He made quick decisions. <clears throat> and so, obviously, health reason at Drew, you're concerned about his health reasons, uh, like, man, I hope he's healthy, he's going. But Tom runs in, and we knew that he was going to get rid of the ball quick and let – because we had some good skill guys. They, as Collectively, they was pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't have the one guy that the Jerry Rice and all you know we didn't have that. So and we knew we had a pretty good darn good defense. So for us, it wasn't uh, as high as concern uh, as people outside of of uh, Foxborough. Mm. And then the other thing that really made us comfortable, Tom used to sit back on the bus with us. It was like me, Ty Law, Lawyer, uh, uh, Brian Cox, defensive guys, and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Now, this is year two, three. And Tom was sitting back there asking questions. Like, he'd be like, Pat, how, did, you know, when you see this, why did you jump that? When you, when, wow. when the receiver, yeah, it's just the knowledge of him trying to find out how we was thinking. And I, it's just one piece of advice I gave to him uh, using Troy Aikman model, which, you know, you talk about Hall of Fame stuff, there's always some mix in there. What Troy Aikman used to do was dump it off to Emmett, dump it to Joe, uh, Joe Novacek, throw glance routes to Mike Irvin, right? Mm-hmm. Just check, check, check. Be 21 for 25 for 250 yards. And then they throw a couple games in there. Well, all of a sudden, we blow a coverage that don't get the crossing route properly. He throw it over the top. Yeah. Now he 25 for 29 for 310 yards. His completion percentage has to be one of the highest in NFL history. Mm. And I was telling Tom that story. If you really, really do it right, Throw the check down, throw the curl, throw the dig, wait two deep balls, 50 yards. All of a sudden, you go from 220 yards to 300, over 300 yard passing, and your percentage, your completion percentage is still 75, you know, somewhere in the 70s, 70, 80%. Mm. And now you you skyrocket. And he took, you know, took some of this stuff from everybody, man, and implemented and, and, Created his own. It was TB twelve now. You know, no question. He's it's still not doing it Tom. at a high level. It's not even Tom anymore. Like uh, Leroy used to be Leroy. Yeah, yeah. changed that right now. It's TB twelve. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so out of all the quarterbacks you played with, who would you Dan consider? Marino. No question. Oh, you already went on. You played with Dan in the time when Dan was still giving them hell out there. Tell us what made Dan Marino so special. I've had this conversation, this debate back and forth with a lot of people who might be prisoners of the moment. But I feel like if you're talking about pure arm talent, there's nobody greater than Dan Marino. Quick release. um, Just tough. Tough. Smart, understands defenses, but it's the release. That thing, that ball right here, and it's like, bam. Yeah. And then, to me, the most important thing, and Tom has this too, his competitive fire, his competitive attitude is second to none. Yeah. Really? And if you if, if you put Dan in a system like now, where he could throw the ball 35, 40, 50 times a game, oh, you talking about records. You talking about all that stuff. It it would be unreal. Mm. It it would be unreal. Uh, what I saw uh, in practice, going against him in games, and you talking about the trash talking. He used to tell us, "Man, I'm you like a credit card. I'm gonna take you out when I need it <laughs> and swipe and put it back in my pocket." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, and you like, oh my gosh, he out there just flinging that thing too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man! It's... So Dan Marino is your goat. 
He's your greatest yeah, yeah. all-time quarterback. Be, I, I got a bunch of guys. My GOAT football player is Jerry Rice mm-hmm. of, of anybody. The best athlete is Dion. Yep. And quarterback is Dan, the man. I, I mean, I love Dan so much. My nickname, self-giving, when I'm throwing to the DBs, uh, we're doing seven on seven or whatever, is Dan, the man, baby Dan. That's my nickname. <laughs> I gave myself that name. Ah, okay. You can, you can. So, and so after your playing career ended, of course, you got into the coaching world. You yes. spent uh, some time coaching at FSU around the late, great Bobby Bowden, of course, Jimbo yes. Fisher. Uh, still paying attention to Florida State now. I'm, I'm pretty sure you are dialed in. Yes. Where do you think the program is heading now under Mike Novell? It's heading in the right direction. I spent uh, this this opportunity I'm doing now in the XFL is giving me uh, more time to visit and to study uh, and learn. And I went up there this spring, spent a uh, day and a half up. Mm-hmm. And just from the fundamental aspect, from the uh, the emotional side and the talent, they're heading in the right direction. It's, the arrow is pointing up. Um, you had an opportunity to uh, coach my man Cam Dansler. Yes, needle. Yeah, the needle <laughs> at Mississippi State. What do you make of Cam's development as a pro so far going into year three? Cam is heading in the right. I think Cam should be one of the top corners in the NFL based on all these measurables that everybody talked about, but based on his attitude. You know, he has the size, he's long, he's tough, he competes. Yeah. Uh, he does all those things that say he should be uh, uh, not just a starter, but in the upper echelon of that. I think what happens in pro coaching, uh, some guys need more hard, more fundamental coaching. And when I had uh, Cam there, I, I didn't let him get away with anything. And he'll tell you that. All the guys that, when you talk about Mick Andrews, mm-hmm. I am a – I am Mickey Andrew 3.0 minus all the other words. All the cuss words. But, yeah, minus all the cuss words, but I am hard. I'm fair and balanced, and I challenge. And I think some guys need that. And Cam is heading, you know, like I got told you, watching the game last night, watching you guys. He did a lot of good things. Tackle. I like to see you guys. I'm trying you guys, like I'm coaching you. Take another step and use your shoulder. Stop diving all the darn time, right? That's one of the things that for him, I like to see him start running through him a little bit more. But it's the playmaking ability, like that corner route. That was a great. Uh, the tight end ran. Mm, yeah. When you judging corners, usually guys can't find the ball. They falling down. They doing something. He actually had if the guy wouldn't have put his hand back up in there, he would have picked that. Right. You cannot find that type of ability. Uh, yeah, if you got it, you got the harness that. And I'm happy he's there with you. Uh, and I told him that when he was drafted three years ago, the best thing for him is having you there so you can show him the ropes. Right. You can show him how it's done, how to be a, not a pro, but a professional. No question. No question. T-Buck, one more question before we transition to the superlative part of our show. <clears throat> As you watch this, for our fans checking us out on YouTube, you see T-Buck, he has a... Uh, a shirt on, you know, can you, can we see, can you show it a little bit? Yeah. XFL shirt. Uh, with that being said, he is the head coach of the Orlando team. 
in the XFL. T-Buck, what should we expect from your ball club, number one, and what excited you the most about this opportunity? Well, the, the, the most exciting thing about this opportunity is I'm a head coach. You know, I spent 15 years coaching. We ain't talking about the plan and all that. And on some great defenses, recruiting, they tell you all these things you have to do to move up the ladder. Yeah. And I wasn't moving. And I felt like I've been qualified to move up and be a head coach. If you compare it to other why, why do you think you wasn't moving in the rate you should have been moving? Well, a lot of things, uh, uh, you know, when you come out and you're a corner, you play corner. First of all, they don't think we know ball. And it's always the offensive guy or the quarterback that knows splits and knows DBs. Well, we know stuff. Patrick Peters know that. You, you line up in that toe. You've been running outs and you tilt that toe a little bit. And, and I, okay, that's third time you don't tilt that toe. You about to run that out. I'm about mm -hmm. to make this play. Uh, third and 10, you like to run digs. We, we understand concept. We understand who we cover. Is he fast? Is he slow? Can the quarterback throw the ball on the line 40 yards? Does he have to put air on it? Right. We understand all those things. And you have to be sitting in the meeting rooms to understand game planning. That they promote, they was promoting guys that was getting the game plans from me. The matchups. Mm. How are we going to play this? What are we going to do? <clears throat> the head coach knew that. Everybody knows. So you're sitting there like, well, why am I not moving up? When I'm showing you, articulating to you properly, why the corners are doing this, why they're improving, why the linebackers are doing this, why on special teams, the punt return, the whole game. Yeah. And never give an opportunity. And then all of a sudden, the Lord is good. It's a true blessing that The Rock, Danny Garcia, and Redbird Kepler buys the XFL. And the first thing they say, mandate is we want to be uh diverse inclusive and give guys and ladies opportunities that they proven they deserve but they're not getting yeah and from the Orlando team what you're going to expect is a smart fast and fearless team because yes, that's sir. what they coach is <laughs> Hey, no question that the team should represent the image of their head and coach. You're going to see it. We're going to light that school board up. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to play great defense. Just yes, like sir. I was talking to Pat P. I, I'm, uh, man, this has been so awesome watching. I mean, I watched, man, 20 games this weekend. Mm -hmm. And I see the coaches, old coaches. This is what I, this is what the NFL drives me crazy about. They keep recycling these same guys. Yeah. And getting the same thing. And then they blame the players. That I watch, uh, who was that? Cleveland mess up. I watch these guys. Nobody wants to change coverages. I can close my eyes. I listen. I watch the, uh, the games on mute. And I'm mm -hmm. sitting there and I'm like, okay, single high, two. Oh, he about to blow the coverage. He don't know what he's doing. Mm -hmm. They driving. Won't the defense call timeout? I can see everybody's tired out there. No to get game on the line. Call the timeout, man. <clears throat> Pat the P done played. He out there tired, man. Take Pat out for, hey. for about 10 plays. Hey. Man. Let him rotate a little bit, you T know? T-Buck, that, that mindset caused the Chargers a game because Gerald Everett was tired. Yes. He wanted to come out of the game. Coach was like, no, we're going to keep running tempo. Yeah. And he couldn't even run his route. So Herbert throws the out route, but Everett too tired. And pick six. Kansas City, opposite direction.
Thursday, now, last uh, Thursday night. Both of you guys obviously played a lot of ball and played a lot of stuff. Fourth quarter, week 10, week 12, when you done played 60 snaps a game uh, and you dead tired and you like coach, and, and that's why in college, why you do that? If you take 10, 15 plays off me early in the game, I can finish this fourth quarter the way it should be. They don't want to do it, yeah. which boggles my mind on why not. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things, the receivers, I watch the receivers. Take take BBD, run to the sideline. Oh, <laughs> don't get Pat started with that. They so come why, out, don't why I can't go, when he run deep and go to the sideline, I'm going to drive off the field. You come in right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably why, that's what I'm saying, the new wave of thinking. I just, I this opportunity with the XFL is awesome because now, instead of just talking about it, I'm going to get a chance to do it. No I've always rotated my coaching career. Got this from Mickey Andrews. And you know about this, B-Mac. Three to one, two to one, depending on the separation of the corners. I never played a full game. Dion never played. We rotated. So we got there in the fourth quarter. You finish seven, eight minutes before half and seven, eight minutes uh, at the end of the game. And for me, it got to the point whoever was hot going to stay in too, mm -hmm. but nobody. So I had four corners averaging one guy might have 25 plays. The other one might have 30. And then the two starters might have 50. Now this is in college where you get 80 plays. Yeah. Right? So imagine in pros, I don't know. What are y'all averaging now, Pat? 65? Yeah, 65. So imagine if you was averaging 50, if you like, I'm going to give you 50 strong plays. Come, come week eight, the toughest part of the season for me was eight through 12. Yeah. Because it's not the beginning, it's in the middle. So I had to develop a plan. Week eight through plan, I told my wife, I told the kids, look, I ain't trying to be, but them eight hours of sleep I would get, I'm about to get 10. Yeah. Because this is mentally, physically the toughest part for me. Mm. Live more massage, live more, just spend a little more time. So week 12, when everybody else was going down, I was still maintaining, but everybody felt like, oh, he's getting better. No, I'm just maintaining because I got my rest. Yeah. And I done made some adjustments. Well, I tell you this much, then you better have some, hey, whoever going to get on that Orlando team, you play, in, you play at the cornerback position, make sure y'all better be ready because you're going to get some opportunities to show what you got. Yes, sir. Oh, man, we we excited. Let me tell you something. We, we had a game. We finishing our board for the draft in November. Yep. We meet twice a week uh, for an hour and a half in the same mindset I had as a position coach and a player. I have about eight notebooks and always remind me, remember, don't forget what you was doing, what you was talking about as a position coach and a a uh, player. Yeah. Keep it going. No question. No question. Well, T. Buck, we're going to transition to the superlative part, right? We're going to hit you with rapid fire questions. Okay. We got three great questions for you. Three great questions. And we want to hear what your response is. The first one I got for you is your favorite moment game in college at Florida State. Syracuse, 1989. Oh, the fooler from Pascagoula. Gene Deckerhoff. Gene Deckerhoff. Putting on the map. <laughs> On the map, baby. Pump tell us, tell us why. 
Well, first time I scored a touchdown, and the, and the way I did it was a little bit dramatic, uh, and it helped us to beat a, a, a top 25 team as a true freshman. Hey, hey, Pat P, he being very, very modest. What happened was they <laughs> punt the football to T-Buck. T-Buck caught the ball like it was a fit, like he he fair, he he was a fair catch. But he didn't give the signal, but he caught it. And he just stood still. He, he, he didn't move. Right. So the, the, the punt team running down, they're like, this man must have, you know, fair caught the ball mm. and took off. Took off. How, how many yards it was? I want to say 69, something like that. Mm. Felt like felt like 20. I was I was <laughs> fast like Pat Pete. Felt like 20, a couple strides. <laughs> he said it felt like 20. <laughs> hey, you know how it is when you when you're a returner. And Pat Pete know that when I slowed him down, turned that corner, and I yeah. saw the punter, he know yeah. it's over then. <laughs> it's, it's like a rule. It's like it's like punter, right? You know, <laughs> it's over. Um, question number two: uh, Best defender you played with, and why? Mm. Reggie White, late great White, because you couldn't block him. Yeah. He would hip toss you, he would slide in, he played hard, he made jump over you. He had everything you needed at slightly under 300 pounds. Mm. Agile, uh, take great angles, and he was relentless. Okay. Last question for you. Top five corners ever. Oof. Now we're talking about, oh man. Ever. Ever. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm going to go old school now. Okay. So Pat P, I'm going to go old school. Yeah, listen. Obviously, Dion, I love Dion, watching D. Yep. Um, so he's your one? D would be my one. Goes mm -hmm. to play, my love playmakers. Yep. Uh, Lester Hayes mm -hmm. would be two for me. Okay. Uh, and it's one of those combinations, man. I don't know if you could take one without the other, but I love watching Hanford Dixon and Frank Minifield. Oh, Frank Minifield, Cleveland Brown? Yes. Yeah. Both of them playing in there. Both, both of them play for Brown for Cleveland, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and five, man. I really like watching uh um uh his name is slipped twofold from Jets. Uh um previous. Revis. Revis. Revis in his prime. I would I would take Revis. Uh now obviously that I can switch. Those are my favorites. Now, if you ask me production and if I had to win a game and do all that, though that would probably change a little bit. But I love the picture. I have a picture of Lester Hayes down there. <laughs> down there with that black on with that yes, and that stick them on. Oh my God, I love that picture. One of the best pictures you can see. What? Yeah. Love it. And, and you know what? A lot of people don't talk about that tandem in Cleveland as well. So I'm I'm glad to hear you mention their name. Man, I was well, a big time I, Frank Minifield fan because he used to have that white spat with them orange, oof, that orange tip. Yes, yes. yes sir. Yes, yes. sir. <laughs> so I was a legit boy. Thing. I used to be watching. I said, man, why is his tip of his shoes orange? I didn't realize it was tape at the time. But yeah. that high spat. Yes. Clear. So those are my guys that I that I kind of, you know, everybody say stats and all that, but it's it's. Those guys I like. That's your top five. It's, it's and and I, let me add this too. You talking about top five? 
Let's go, I'm gonna go back to high school, tell y'all this story. It's it's two guys, highlight tape, slash three, that I always tell recruits about that the best highlight tape that I've seen in high school been two guys. One is on this show right now, Patrick Peterson. Oh, oh my gosh. You talking about his high school tape? <laughs> it is second to none. You hear me? It is unbelievable. I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to get him. Then he go to LSU. I don't know what he's thinking about. <laughs> but his tape was unbelievable. And the second person is the Marcus Joyner. Yeah, the Marcus at St. Thomas. Uh, well, this was before he got to St. Thomas. When he transferred to St. Thomas, his yeah. his highlight tape. He was down there. What, he was at South Ridge first. Was it? Yeah, South he was. He was. I forgot. It was all black school. Yes. What what I'm saying about these high schools and these highlight like Patrick and 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 Lamarcus slash Greg Reed, when you say when you're looking at a tape and you see flashes, you're like, okay, I want to see what he got, mm-hmm. and you just sitting there and you going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my, oh did he do that? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm talking about the whole time. I'm talking about hitting, running by cats, playing quarterback, receiver, whatever. It was like. Wow, yeah. are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, and obviously Patrick is proving that, and Lamarcus did that too. It, Lamarcus probably was five eight, five right? hundred, yeah. hundred and eighty pounds of freaking butcher knife. <laughs> and, 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 and hey, T, but before before we let you go, who who is the real DBU? Oh, it's coming. <laughs> I mean, like, do we really have to? Do I really have to answer that? I mean, you, so it might be somebody listening to Pat, us. You were doing so well throughout the whole show. No, I'm sorry, uh, but Pat, we got, we got, uh, you see what we're doing is see what we're talking about is we're talking about not short term but long term. Long, oh, long term. Long, like like we go back to the '80s, long '90s, term. 2000s, and still relevant today. Like Two, Pat, I mean, come on. Nobody was talking about LSU DBs in the '80s, in the no. '90s. Y'all just y'all just jumped in. I, I, would give, I told you that. I said I that. Give LSU this. Uh, Corey LSU did it. Corey Raymond is a good friend of mine. Yep. What what they've done over the last decade has been been unbelievable. Been phenomenal, no question. And no that's problem. what I said, Matt. I you said did. you did, you did. Oh, I just, oh. I just, but we, we, you know, we got a legend on, man. I just, you know, I just want to ask this, man. We, we, this but man was telling us stories in '91, man, when he was just killing people, ripping hey, people. Hey, we. I mean, woo. Florida State, uh, no doubt man. about it. Yeah, it, it's, it's been it's been unreal. And even before me and D, you talk about JT Thomas, Bobby, Butler, no question, Martin no. Mayhew. Yes, I mean, keep going. Martin Mayhew, with the Super Bowl. Yes, <laughs> JT, yes. JT Thomas was the first black football yes. player at Florida State, yes. drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then Bobby Butler, straight goon. Yes. yes. Then you forget about and some guys we don't talk about like uh uh. uh Samari Rose. Oh, no, uh, no, Who I think one of the, the most talented, probably DB I ever seen is Antonio Kamar. No, no question. Crow, Crow's unbelievable. So we got, I mean, it's. It's, a, it's long, it's long. It's, it it's my bad, Pat P. I just, I just had to throw that out there. Listen, and I tell him, I tell him this too. And we had to pick a, a, a squad from all the guys. Oh, Ooh. no, yeah. <laughs> That's that. That's how you should answer the DBU Man. question. If you had Man. to pick your best four from that university, rock and roll. 
I told D, I said, I don't know who the other three is, but I know who one is. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, question. But hey, thank you for clarifying that for us, coach. Hey, man, no problem. Man. That's what coach. I'm here to do. That's what coach. I'm here to do. Now we can let you go now. We can hey, let man. you go right now. Thank you for joining us. The great, the GOAT, Terrell Buckley. Like I said, man, give this man his flowers. This man not only dominated in high school, college, but he also dominated in the professional league as well. And I don't understand why people don't talk about T-Buck more. 50 interceptions in 14 years, top five pick by the Green Bay Packers, Jim Thorpe Award winner at Florida State, dominated the collegiate ranks on the sidelines. Because y'all didn't want to give him his just due, guess what? Now he's a head coach in the XFL <laughs> with the Orlando team. T-Buck, man, thank you for joining us. We know you will have some big things on the line for your ball club. We can't wait to see you guys dominate this upcoming season. The season starts in 2023, 2023, January or February? We start camp January 10th. January season 10th. starts, regular season, February 18th. There you have so, it. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys, man. Keep doing your thing. Pat P, keep doing your thing, man. And, and make sure you put your arm around my man, Cam. I will do, man. What you Best of luck on your, uh, your first head coaching gig, Coach. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.